Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Wealthy AF podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Mang, and I'm here with one of my good friends, Mimi. Um, I'm just so excited to talk to you, Mimi, because, you know, I was thinking about how I don't think I would literally be here where I am today talking about the things that we're talking about on the podcast without you, without having met you. Um, and um, yeah, before we get into that story, yeah, welcome. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, I um, you know, just to give t- some context to people who are listening, um, we met and connected, what's 2023 now, back in, I want to say 2017. Do you remember the year? Um, and okay. And I remember, um, you know, I was getting into coaching at the time, um, on a deeper level because I had been doing breathwork facilitation before that. And I was also really just looking for Asian representation in that coaching space, especially in LA came across some Eventbrite conference, um, and it was so last minute and I saw your face, um, as one of the speakers. And I just had this gut feeling of like, I have to be there, even though I just found out about it, even though it's going to be kind of far from where I am. And even though, even though, even though I had to go like just seeing an Asian woman, an astrologer in the same like title, um, was enough for me to sign up. And, um, I remember I only spoke to you at the end. (laughs) I like did the whole conference thing and um, heard you speak. And I also had allergies that day. I remember so clearly I was like yet another reason why I shouldn't go talk to this person because it's like, like I have snot all over me. Um, But I'm so glad I went up to you. Um, And I don't remember what I said, but that was the beginning. I think of us wanting to get to know each other um, yeah. What did you think about how I approached you and how we got connected and where we are today? Well, I thought you were extremely courageous and (laughs) there was, um, a way about you that was very determined and very passionate about what you were sharing with me about where you're at being, you know, doing breath work. And so, and, all as well, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, oh, another Asian woman into the spiritual space, which for the longest time I've been flying solo in in, in that respect. Um, most people in the spiritual space and wellness space um, are not Asian. Mm-hmm. That's not and I'm not surprised unless maybe you might be uh, Indian because, you know, astrology is very big and, you know, you, being a yoga practitioner is very big and Ayurvedic is very big in Indian culture. But outside of that, it's not common, yeah. um, certainly if, especially if you're maybe a Chinese astrologer. But again, even that is very rare and we're not a young generation. It's usually the older generation. Yeah. So I, yeah. So that was my ex- ex- impression of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, after all of these years, what do you think keeps us connected and together? Because the truth is there are a lot of Asian women now who are doing all sorts of things. And the landscape, especially in the wellness and spirituality world has changed a lot. So Mm -hmm. like I've met so many more people since you and I have met who are women of color and especially Asian women. Um, What would you say has connected us together? Or kept us connected? I think it's your willingness to learn and your thirst for growing and evolving. Um, And that's part of the work that I do is supporting others to move towards their truest, authentic self. And it's really a journey of discovery and you're willing to do that. So I think on that level, we we share that in common. Yeah. yeah. To walk that path. So I'm yeah. willing to walk that path with someone who's willing to walk that path for themselves. Because right. I really can't force someone to take a leap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though you weren't 100% clear about where you're going, you were very adamant that you get to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because you're absolutely right. I think um, what we have in common is the fact that we are committed to our evolution um, and our continual growth and like learning what we don't know. Um, And we also have a very similar approach to it, right? It is spiritual. It is, you know, astrology, influenced by astrology and all of the different cosmic universal energies but it's also really grounded in action and practicality um yeah that's a good uh that's that's a good way to put it i hadn't really thought about it that way um i have a a question i like to ask everyone when they're on this podcast what has you feeling wealthy af lately or in general um i'm gonna start with gratitude for the life that I have. Um, However, I got here. I think that when I was younger, you're in a completely different mindset of seeking, searching, acquiring. And I think at this point, even though I continue doing that, there's also another part of me that sits um, in full gratitude for my relationship with my husband, the, the the way that I carry on with my life, my lifestyle, the choices I'm making, that makes me feel so full and wealthy in that mm-hmm. way. You know, I, certainly not to say that my life is perfect and orderly and, right. but um, it, it's very messy because it's always busy. It is but, very busy. <laughs> but it's busy with the things that I care deeply about. And I feel like I have that freedom to live my life uh, in a very um, um, autonomous way. Yeah. Like what I'm getting from what you're saying is that you have the freedom to choose and that you're consciously, intentionally filling your life with what you want. Mm-hmm. Um is there was there a time that that wasn't the case? Yeah, my grew up with a very tigerish mom, very Asian of me. Um, 
in my younger years, I was always living according to my mom's demands. Um, my, you know, I was born in Vietnam right after the war, and then we left Vietnam and immigrated to Canada. And certainly my mom worked two jobs and my dad was working and and it was so important to, you know, do be the, the good daughter, to be obedient, to have the good grades, to, and since I was five years old, the, you know, the dream that my mom always had was for me to obviously be a doctor and, you know, live a very Asian life. I don't know how else to say it. I'm sure there's other cultures are very similar with certain demands and expectations. But most of my life was under my mom's rule and expectations. And so, so much pressure. I remember when I was seven, I wanted to be a fashion designer, not a doctor at all. And my mom tried to grill that in my head since I was five, that I must be a doctor. And ever since I fought it, you know, I fought like, no, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a fashion designer and blah, blah, blah. And um, by the time it was, you know, at 17, it was time to register and apply for fashion school. And I had this form filled out and my mom, because I was still underage, my mom would not sign it and approve for me to go to fashion school. So then I spend the rest of my young adult life trying to figure out, well, who am I? What do I want to do? If I'm not going to be a fashion designer, but I don't want to be a doctor, then where does that leave me? So I didn't feel like I had a lot of choices. Yeah. Um, and letting my mom kind of dictate my choices. And also I wanted to go work when I was young and having summer jobs, like all of my friends would have summer jobs. And my mom was like, no, you can't go work because I think in retrospect, I realize, and she never said that, but she always said, well, your job is being a student, not to go to work. But my mom also, you know, as much as I know she did this out of love, but everything was very controlled financially under her. And mm. so I needed money. I just, she's like, just ask me. But then meaning asking her means like, if she approves, then I can use the money. If she doesn't approve, I can't use the money. So it's not like I can just go and work and then just make my own money, money and then do whatever I want with my own money, right? So this has been like a huge like theme in my life of my mom loves to be in control. Um, there's definitely perks in the way that she's, you know, build a very successful business herself because that's how, the kind of woman she is. However, on the receiving end of it, it feels very limiting, constraining, and just created a lot of a lack of direction for me because then I don't really have that freedom of movement. Um, even up to when I went to law school, and my mom wasn't, she really did not like my then boyfriend and now husband <laughs> to the point where, you know, she was threatening me about, well, I'm not going to pay for a law school if you continue dating him. And so that's when I made that pivotal life decision to take on a 
a loan, a student loan. Um, and I was a foreign student here because I'm from Canada, but right. I stayed. So I just, I can't just apply to any type of loan. It had to be a private loan, right? So I just had to jump through all these hurdles to break free of not be able to make my own personal choices and decisions. So I'm at the point in my life where I feel like there's not someone breathing down my face yeah. about what are you going to do about this? And, you know, you can't or can't do this. So that is very a big deal for me. Yeah. Like, I know I just said it as like, oh, it sounds like you're making your own choices, but based on your story and your relationship with your mom and um, culturally, right there, like I heard you say a lot of times, like if she approves, if she approves expectations, like mm -hmm. approval, approval and expectation is like the summary of a very immigrant experience, you know, yeah. if we want to distill it down, um, you know, I know personally that even though you're at a point now in your life where this is the norm, when you're making that change, it is not as easy. Like there are lots of, it's uncomfortable to go out of and move out of something that was so normal and comfortable for you, even though it wasn't good for you or working for you. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you move through that and keep going? Like, how did you stay anchored in what you knew you were wanting, even though that wasn't necessarily something you had seen for yourself yet? Uh, I think it's many, many years. I think it's, it's probably like 30 some years in the making. Mm. So it's definitely not an overnight thing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so important to say, cause it's not even like a one year thing or a two year oh. thing. And Mimi, you look so young <laughs> and like people think you're we're like the same age, if not younger. And people think I'm 25 now. So people probably would assume we're the same age. Um, so I appreciate you saying like, it's not even like a decade. It's like <laughs> decades, <laughs> decades of work because, and it's different stages of life where we're, I mean, for me, it's funny when you think about when we're being put in certain types of positions, how it Per, uh, perpetuate to reinforce and in my case it reinforced that yeah I get I have to be financially dependent on my mom like different kinds of scenarios from obviously when I'm a child that's normal mm -hmm. I think because well of course parents are responsible for their children but then in my teens you know, again, still very, there's rules and regulations and what I can and can't do. And then in my 20s, I came to the States and again, I came to the States without the freedom to be able to just work either because I don't have a the right to work as a foreigner unless I have a uh, work permit, which I didn't because I was a student. Mm -hmm. So again, I was under these kinds of constraints, again, circumstantially, where I, I don't have that freedom, even if right. I wanted to, even if I had that desire. And certainly I wasn't, I mean, certainly I know there's 
ways to work under the table, but I just wasn't going to do that. Um, and then in my 30s, I mean, I think the 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 transition from my 20s to my 30s, that that was when I started really struggling with my mom because she still sees me as a child. And uh. I guess these kinds of relationship are reinforcing each other's fears and insecurities. So for my mom, it's like, I'm obviously the oldest, so I'm her first child. So, and she loves being a mom. And so for her, it's letting go of me being, becoming independent. And I think it was for her to struggle with that while I struggle with her, you know, at that same time is to, to pull myself away. And there's different events in my life that added up and that led to it. And one of the major life event was in my early thirties, I got into a minor fender bender. It wasn't a big car accident, but that was a big ordeal. And it blew out of proportion because she expected me to bring my car to a very specific dealership to get it fixed. And then, but it was so far away from where I live because it's a dealership she goes to, she's familiar with. And again, it's me choosing for where I want to bring my car. As trivial as it sounded, the issue was so deep in terms of, okay, there we go again. My mom expects me to do things her way, as opposed to me just be able to take care of my car in my own way. Right. And um, that actually led us not talking to each other for three months. And I, <laughs> and I chose to tell her, listen, I just, I need space. And I just emailed her and it's a very non-Asian thing to do, but in the most respectful way, I realized in those, in that moment, and this was in early thirties at that point, I'm done with law school and right. I've already kind of done that one step of, okay, taking my own, taking out my own student loan to feel free from her, but yet there's more. Like this car accident was another incident that reinforced the fact that I'm struggling with being independent from my mom. Right. And so I, I put myself through therapy for three months and not talking to her to create space so that I can reground myself on, well, who am I? And so that I can feel confident in the choices that I'm making and that my choices are not bad or wrong. They're just different choices than she would have wanted for myself. Yeah. And I'm an adult, technically speaking, I was, I think, 32 or 33 at that point. So, and so she still had this hold on me until I think eventually she had to learn and grow as well and learning that it's not just me, but I get to do my part in that. And I think that the year that you and I met was the year that I did this program. um, And it was a train, like a, it's more of like a public speaking, like facilitator type of program, but it's really about who I'm being when I'm in front of a room. But then that obviously helped me really understand how I relate to my mom and how I show up and how I became who I am because of her. 
And um, I had actually discovered, and at the end of that program, I had to write a thesis and the thesis was actually a workshop. And my workshop was to break free from perfectionism. And my perfectionism came from my, how my mom expected everything to be perfect. Yeah, done a certain way, yeah. And that whole workshop helped me discover how do I get to break free from that? So I think that that was definitely a turning point. Yeah. Um, and and certainly I had to work through my own self-worth conversation because money was always money was always available to me, but it wasn't my money. It was my mom's money. Mm. So then I then now suddenly I broke free of trying to be perfect, but now I had to like now learn okay, well, what does that mean for me to be worthy enough to make the kind of money without relying on someone else providing for me, which I'm yeah. very grateful that I know that not everybody has that opportunity to just be like, hey, you want money here? Then mm -hmm. it also comes with a caveat of, well, if I determine that it's worth you having this money to spend it right. in the way that you say you want to, then then I'll give it to you. So so it's it's kind of like, uh, it's not quite a catch, I mean, it is a catch 22, but it's, there's certain things that seem and appear easy, but they're actually not easy. I, <laughs> there's so much there. Um, and I think it just goes to show that it goes back to what you said about evolution, right? That just because you're working on something in a specific aspect of your life or even a specific relationship, that doesn't mean it's the end all be all. There are layers and nuances and dimensions to that. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like what I was hearing from what you were sharing is that you're focusing on like how you're showing up, not what it looks like or what it is. Like that is part of it, but how how are you showing up with less uh less attachment to being perfect with i'm i just saw a hummingbird in front of me in front of the window um so yeah showing up with less perfectionism and then how that shows up in a tangible way is also different um i think that's also a through line in our relationship there's there's always um an understanding like wherever i am in the world whatever you're up to, whatever I'm up to on a like work or relationship basis. I think what I've experienced with you is that there's not a judgment about the changing circumstances. It's more about if we're becoming again, who we want to be and how we want to show up and being consistent with that. Um, I'm curious based on what you shared, um, you know, what is it that you're working on right now? What is it that you're going deeper with within yourself in terms of your evolution in this phase, in this season? Yeah, it's um, it's a continuation. That's why I'm saying it's a non, it's a, it doesn't stop. It's just at a different level. Um, and it, it's so deeply around finance as well. And it's not about the actual money but it's about the ability to generate manage and how i feel about it and in relationship with it um 
my husband and I, so Michael, you know, Michael, uh, mm-hmm. and I just bought a house. So now we carry two mortgages. Um, so now it's like, okay, I have to figure that part out too. Mm. Um, and we're renovating it. Now we're figuring out all of the money issue, like, and just noticing how he handles it, his relationship with money, my relationship with money, and how I feel about it. Um, and, and then also the work that we do, to, it's, it's everything are, it seems like separate, but they're all interconnected. Right. As far as, you know, Michael and I working together now for three years, I mean, he had built his business as a IT staffing agency for five years, but I came in after two years and it was really learning about working with each other and power dynamics. That was something that we worked through during COVID, like 2021. Mm. And then building trust and also the way we work, so completely different. Again, for me, it's so much about relationship. You know, right. my relationship with my mom, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my friends, um, and then also how I show up um in the business too because we have employees and you know there's a part of me like you said yeah i look young and i sometimes i feel young too <laughs> um and and sometimes i wonder well do i show up like a boss like a, a business owner because mm. sometimes i'm very not that i'm i'm definitely not lax actually I'm not lax but there's a part of me that just show up young and and so that is the part that I'm working through is okay do I you know there's a the it's not a struggle but it's a dilemma between is there a particular way that a business owner looks like and carry themselves um and then the part of me that's just me that's not in the business uh so the roles i you know we play that i play in my life um has been on my mind lately because you know i'm responsible for onboarding um you know new employees interviewing them internally and just doing a lot of these things that i know i'm sure people look people i mean that's and I'm not self-conscious in that way, but I'm very aware of that there, we all have our own mask. We all have our own roles. We all, people judge our, us not in a negative way, but it's, we're all humans. That's what we, we do. So, you know, that's definitely very real for me yeah. um, in the most, like within this past year. Um, and so I think I put a little bit more effort in the way that at least I, I, I get dressed, you know, like I, I came from corporate where you're always like dressed uh-huh. to the T and it, everything looks perfect, <clears throat> but then there's a lack of authenticity and, you know, relatability. And so I'm learning to merge those two things. Yeah. Um, and you know, certainly we spend the last year doing IVF and, you know, what does a lot, what would that look like to start a family? And we're not young anymore, right? We're not. 
So we're, we're moving through a different stage in our life of, okay, lifestyle and what are we committed to? What are Mm -hmm. we up to? How does this all fit? Mm -hmm. And again, not having the answer, because honestly, I would not be able to tell you if we had kids, uh, how that's going to change our lives because we've lived so long in our marriage with kids. We're very involved in other ways and we are busy in other ways, but certainly that means, well, maybe those things need to be set aside for something else to come in. So these are life choices that we're, at least I'm making. I don't know if my husband (laughs) worries about those things as much as I do. Um, And for me, it's juggling two businesses. Um, I'm also, you know, running my business as an astrologer and also supporting my husband's business because it's still our family business. Right. You know, so yeah, learning how to juggle that. It's not about balancing it out. I learned that there's really no real balancing. It's really about, well, what am I committed to creating right now? And what requires of me, my, of my attention now? And I, just do things in waves. Yeah. You know, the way that you just talked about your life is one of the many reasons why you come to mind as a wealthy friend of mine. You have such a full life. You know, there's so many people you're connected to, so many people you're serving, so many things you're creating, not just like internally in terms of what you think about, but also like in the world. Um, There's a big um, importance on family. Like there's so much, so many ways that I think that you're wealthy. I, I wonder like when you're navigating these changing tides and changing roles and responsibilities, what do you turn to? Like, is it astrology? Like, how do you, how do you keep yourself in check when creating these different forms of wealth in your life? Resources. (laughs) I, I tap into resources. I value resources. I see the richness of there's so much out there. And um, I'm super aware. Um, I'm I I I have such a like deep internal world that I'm navigating and I'm also connecting my internal world with my external world and I also let my external world inform my internal world a lot and um, noticing okay well what what else is out there but certainly astrology is one tool that I absolutely go to it is not the only tool that I go to. Um, you know, I have my Oracle decks. I have, you know, tapping into more even human design that I've dabbled, but, you know, along the ways, uh, along the way, but now I'm going back to it as I'm shifting. I notice that there's so much shift in me right now. I'm like, okay, let me utilize other tools to help me reflect back. Yeah what's happening for me and re helping me redefine myself as I'm evolving. I'm hearing people talk about me and my life from a different perspective helps me process uh, my a lot. Um, I dabble in numerology, I and books, right? So it's I've also noticed recently, 
I have, we have an Audible account and now I think we have seven credits that we haven't even used. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, this is a great opportunity for me to go and look for new books that I haven't read or listened to in a long time. And I used to be a a pretty regular at listening to books and being enriching myself. And I stopped because life got so busy. Now I have this different time period where I, I could be going back to okay what else is out there um you know recently i just watched uh brene's brown latest netflix show i don't know if you saw the series about the atlas of the heart oh my gosh it's on netflix now yeah okay it, when it when it first came out it was on um, something else yeah i didn't maybe know it was on max. okay maybe it's on max um but yeah again it's it's not like what she does, I mean, I was totally a Brene Brown fan back in 20, I think 2015, 2016. I was so, I was learning how, what it meant to be vulnerable and I right. kind of landed on her work. Right, right. Um, and then, and then I kind of stopped, you know, following her and, you know, I watched all of her net, other Netflix, um, you know, shows. And then now she has this Atlas of the Heart and, again, it's like kind of revisiting things like resources that is already available to me. And I just sit with it and I just process it. And I, I take time to just be with where I'm at. It's, yeah. about, it's reflecting and it's yeah. about connecting myself to myself. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause, um, when usually people say reflecting, um, I, usually have this visual of someone just spending time with themselves and journaling and like being still and being quiet. But the way you're describing it, it's literally reflecting. It's like, as I have conversations, as I read books, as I watch things, as I do things, what is being reflected back to me? What is something that resonates that I don't currently know? What's mm-hmm. a perspective that I haven't considered? So mm-hmm. I think that's a really, um, important uh definition to have of reflection that it's it's in relationship it's not just with yourself but it requires another external party to give you some sort of feedback right so yeah 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 because if i were to well for me if i just isolated myself then there's no like i'm i don't know what to look for to generate thoughts and evolving because it's because again i'm connecting to the world out out right nobody's telling me what i need to do and should do right in input a lot of data and then i process myself and then then i decide what what's next for me and where i go or how it makes me feel and yeah and that's, that's actually going back to your human design. That's a generator thing. That's how you move throughout the world. Like you have to have things to respond to for you yeah. to know what's true for you and what's not. Um, I'm a little different. I could actually spend a lot of time by myself and just have um, sure. insights and perspectives. But I think what we do have in common is that relationship is a priority relationship to self, to ourselves, to the world. Um with everything that we've said and everything that you've shared, if 
there's one thing that would summarize what you would want someone to walk away with, because I'm sure people are hearing a lot of different things and they're, you know, taking away what they're learning, but what is, what is the thing that you would want someone to know based on what we've talked about today? Um, well, I think it's one thing that we didn't yet talk about, but that really is kind of a through line of all the things that we've talked about is, and I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess I'll share my philosophy and perspective about life that could help someone, you know, grow into well is we only have one life it's such a gift um and i think it's hard to understand that until certainly like for me until i'm trying to get pregnant is getting pregnant is such a miracle because it doesn't happen just like this for some people it might feel like it's oh it just right. but for some other people it's it requires work in order to give life it's it's a miracle and so we're being given a gift of life so the question is what are you going to do with that and Mm. and yes absolutely we have the freedom and certainly if especially if we live in a country where we do have that kind of freedom and i know that some in live if you live in some countries you may not have that kind of freedom to choose a career path an education a relationship even like some you know so you have a lot of freedom in choosing how you want to live your life so the invitation is take advantage of it and use that as an opportunity to make a difference in your life so that when you live fully and happy then it also trickle in for other people mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm getting emotional mm. and, you know it's just as much of a disservice for yourself as mm-hmm. it is for other people in your life if you don't do the work yeah and nobody's just perfect the way they are even after all this work yeah and and we just gotta be able to be willing to confront and you know work path work past through the our own challenges yeah when you were sharing i literally before you even got emotional and said what you said i was like this is a deeply sacred thing, this thing called life, not just because like you said, it is a miracle and a gift, but because, you know, the people who come before us, like even our parents, our ancestors, our grandparents and people who we haven't even known or met before us, like you said, in other countries and other places, they don't have the necessarily that freedom, but our family, our own lineage, our an- our own ancestry did not have many of these things that we're able to do now. Yeah. So I get emotional when I think about that and how our families have changed, our lives have changed as a result of doing this inner work. Um, 
And, you know, thank you again for not even you, Mimi, but like the world and everything that conspired for us to meet. Because if you had not popped up into my life and I hadn't responded to you being in front of me, um, I wouldn't be on the path that I am on right now, which is to have people do this inner work and to consider it. Um, yeah, there's just so much gratitude there for me to you and for um, the years that we've grown together. Um, I think that kind of answers the question I like to usually close with, which is, and you could, you could add onto it if you'd like, um, like what's the kind of wealth that you want to share with others and leave behind? Oh, ultimately it's living a life filled with love. Mm. Uh, love for yourself and love for the people around you and love for something that's bigger than you too. That's beautiful. I feel that. Um, I think when I think about um, the kind of love that you're referring to and the way that you embody it um, and knowing your story as you share today, um, it is the sense of like being unconditional. It's the sense of being accepting. Um, so thank you for being the, one of the few people that I have experienced that from in my adult years, it's been so transformative. Um, yeah, I, I just wish I could hug you right now and like we could cry together. Bottle <laughs> <laughs> of tears. <laughs> not expecting that <laughs> yeah yeah um where can people find you whether you know it's to learn more about you or stay connected or um you know your astrology yeah um you can find me on my website it is igzoltede.com exalted is the yeah. name of my company and yeah, you can find me there, email me, um, you know, there's a form there. You can just reach out to me and happy to connect. Um, I don't think we've talked about it, but in a quick one-liner, exalted, where does that name come from? It's a phonetic spelling of the word exalted. And in astrology, when a planet is in a particular zodiac sign that is exalted, then it means that it has the ability to um, fully express itself. Yeah. That's for me, the reason why I do astrology is to allow people to self-discover um, the highest version and expression of themselves. Yeah. So if that sounds like you, if that sounds like something you might be interested in, I've gotten readings from Mimi, I think, what, twice, maybe three times. Um, and it's always such a great practical way of being able to integrate it into your life and supporting you in making sense of what might not otherwise make sense, right? So yeah. <laughs> I highly yeah, recommend it's, it. It's sitting with yourself and talking about your own life and just getting the guidance to yeah. move forward, especially if you get stuck or you um, just want some clarity. That's yeah. But how it, it's a tool to serve you. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Mimi, for being here, for sharing your heart and your story and your time. Um, For everyone listening, we will see you in the next episode. And yeah, take care until then.